Fancy Football Lord, a.k.a. Lawrence Jackson Jr. You're now listening to the Lord Don't Lose Podcast. January 24, 2020, baby. My first podcast episode of, of the year. It'll it'll be, however, my last podcast episode for this particular season, the 2019 to 2020 season. I'll pick back up after the new league year starts. Got a great show for y'all today, man. Uh, amazing topics. I'll talk AB, which I've never spoke on or ever posted on any of my social media. I'll speak on AB today. I'll talk Joe Burrow and how I feel about his prospects at the next level. I'll bring on USA Today's For the Win, Stephen Ruitz, to talk Lamar Jackson and really break down his game the football way. I'll talk Eli Manning and his retirement. Then I'll bring on my partner, Bill Enright from Sports Illustrated. And we'll go a little uh, Super Bowl preview for you there. 49ers versus them Chiefs. So that's what we got going on for y'all today. I'm, I'm going to start off with... I'm going to start off with Antonio Brown, right? Like, I, I haven't... I, I see the comments about him on social media. I see other um, sports analysts talk about him. And they give their opinions about him. Uh, some people make humor out of it. Some people, you know, get on and be like, it's sad and he need to get help, this, that, and the third. And this is why I ain't never spoke on it until now. And I'm not really gonna have an opinion about it, you know, because, and this is why. Antonio, and we could start from the, the frozen feet in the Raiders training camp. You go to him calling Mike Mayock a cracker. You could go to him sending a text to the girl, and, and then he getting cut from the Patriots. Then he talking about Robert Kraft. Then he doing this. He doing that. Police up at his house. Making rap videos. Right? Reason I haven't put out any content involving this is simply because this, right? What I am is a grown-ass man. And that's what Antonio Brown is, presumably as well, a grown-ass man. He about 31 years old, right? So me personally, everything... He's done or everything he put out, all the tweets, all the comments he put out, right? That's him. From my from my perspective, I feel like it's a grown man. Let him handle it his own way. Now, with all that's been done, the only thing I will say something about, the only thing I'll say something about, because all that wild stuff he doing, man, like, I don't. It don't get in my skin enough to make me want to have a social media opinion about it. But I will say this. I'm not with the screaming at your baby mama in front of your little kids. 
for every for them to see that and for them to see uh you talking to your mama talking to their mama like that you know what i'm saying so that's that's that you can have a disagreement with her that's cool hell you could say whatever you want to her right just not in front of the kids that that's the one thing that i from this whole past year however long he been on their rampage that's the one thing I, I i just can't go with that and another thing is it seems to me is that he just got a bunch of yes men and a bunch of do boys around him right that would it like that got to be that but even still i'm not finna go on social media i'm not finna be talking about hey man this this guy's nuts he's got to he's got to get some help it now it's one thing if you really in your heart for real showing some concern right and you like man this is this is sad but some people just want to hey he needs help okay so so then go help him then go help him your comments ain't helping him staying in your lane ain't helping him but you ain't getting uh, getting in business though Now, for the people that making humor out of it, I mean, I, I mean, have at it. To me personally, it ain't funny. But what is funny is <clears throat> the people online who who cheering for this. <clears throat> they they want to see this get, get dragged to the ground into the mud. Congratulations. The folks who's making humor out of it. Oh man, he's he's a clown. He this, he that. That's fine to have that feeling. But what is you commenting on social media doing about that? You say he need help. How is your comments helping him? That's why I never. He's a he's a grown man, right? He's made money. And he's doing whatever he feels is best for himself. I got me in minds. Would I love to see him on the field again? Hell yeah. I don't want to see the man down. But some folks out here laughing at it. That's cool. Do whatever you do, man. But you know, it ain't doing anything to the situation. You want some clicks? Go for your clicks, man. Have at it. But you... That make you just as much as the clown as you claim him to be. Alright, moving along. Something a little more positive. Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow. Joe Big Game Burrow. He's just probably had the best uh, quarterback in season that any college football players ever had to ever walk this earth. The only one that can compare is Cam Newton in 2010 season. Uh, 30 touchdown passes, 20 rushing touchdowns, undefeated national championship season, great season until now. Joe Burrow, as we know, 60 touchdown passes to only six interceptions, along with almost 5,700 passing yards. And he's probably going to get picked number one overall 
unless something crazy happened, like when Reggie Bush didn't go number one and Mario Williams did back in 06. But that's, that's neither here nor there. Um, Joe Burrow, uh, there's a lot of, uh, obviously, when you're the top quarterback uh, entering the NFL draft, you will have a lot of opinions on your stock and your your uh and how you'll fare at the next level i I feel like a lot of uh, i feel like a lot of people excuse me i feel like a lot of people feel like you've uh got the uh next joe montana feel like a lot of people you just feel like they got like the next great 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 quarterback i don't know if my Opinion is going to be unpopular. It's definitely not popular because everybody loves Joe Burrow. And and I do too. I love the story. I love I love his game. I love the hustle. He had the hustle, man. He Three years at Ohio State. One year red shirt. Two years backing up Haskins and JT Barrett. A couple of guys who now people are saying he's... Light years ahead of them now, right? But he backed them up at Ohio State. Now he he's the man now. Like what he did this season is you can't deny it. Nobody can. Like you want to talk this particular college football season? <laughs> there should be no complaints. He faced a little adversity versus Clemson in the beginning of the game. He came back. Fire in the finish with 463 yards, five TDs, zero picks. And we already know what he did against Oklahoma in one half. He made them look like little boys. Kid from a small town in Ohio. He probably going to be playing in Ohio very soon. So as a football fan, you got to appreciate that story, man. However, we need to pump the brakes on his NFL prospects. As a prospect, I do not love him at the next level. I'll take Tua. I'll take some quarterbacks in this past draft class over Joe Burrow, to be honest. I like him, and he can have a long career. Right, and actually, I think he will have a long career. Just maybe not the type of long career that you think. Not the. I'm not seeing Peyton Manning type of long career. I'm seeing a, a Stafford. That's gonna piss people off. I would say Flacco. Don't look at Flacco this year. <laughs> if you if I say Flacco, then you'd be like, oh man, you could you gonna think about him from the Broncos and that was that was trash, let be real. He could have a long career. Look at Josh McCown. He 40. He was the best 40 year old quarterback in the playoffs this this past season, right? Including Brady and Drew Brees. So those there's guys Ryan Tanny, I mean I'm sorry. Ryan Fitzpatrick, long career, and he'll keep playing into next year as well. 
So he'll have a long career. I'm just not certain of what type of long career it'll be. I mean, he, to some people, he came out of virtually nowhere in the 2018 season because I watched SEC football the most at any conference. I saw Joe, Joe Burrow play. And never did I think that he stunk. I didn't think he sucked at all. Nah. He just was, he was just a guy right there playing quarterback. And he didn't even have a bad year in 2018. But his year this year was so good that it makes you look at that 2018 season and be like, hold up. 2,800 yards, 16 touchdowns, 5 pits, 7 rush touchdowns. Like them good stats in the SEC. Now, he only completed 57% of it passes in 2018. He made the jump to 76 this year. That's a humongous jump. So that's what some people will question about him. The, the, the one-year blow-up, you know. And there's there's pros and cons to it. Like, I would say, I would say this to that. What he just did, he did it, again. He did it in the SEC. He did it against several top 10 teams when they played him this season. To do what he done in the SEC is probably why it's the best season we've ever seen out of a college quarterback. So this particular season, there's no denying that. But could he possibly be a late bloomer in the pros just like he was in college? Because he checked a lot of the boxes in the college game. Great offensive scheme. The offensive guy, Joe Brady, is now the coordinator for Carolina, guy from LSU. So it's a great scheme, right? And they'll play in something similar if he goes to Cincinnati. But I'm just saying, just the pros, baby. He was the quarterback for LSU. Now, I get it. Well, the other LSU quarterbacks didn't light it up like this. Exactly. They weren't as good as Joe Burrow. I get that. But come on, man. He got two first-round wide receivers. Jefferson's going to go in the first round unless he just stinks at the combine or something. Jefferson will go. And Jamar Chase will go back to LSU next year because he was only a sophomore, right? He'll be even better. That's a top 15, top 10 type receiver. 6'5", 225. Jamar Chase. All you got to do is throw that up. All Johnny Manziel had to do in college was throw that up to Mike Evans. Look look which one of them still here. Look which one ain't. Throw that up, man. You got two top quality receivers. Jefferson and Chase. Was a better duo at LSU than Jarvis Landry and Odell Beckham. Don't argue with me about that. Them boys was dominating. Thaddeus Moss, the son of Randy, he ain't no slouch either. Right? So, I would, if it's okay with y'all, I want to be able to appreciate this college season. Without feeling like he the best thing since sliced bread. 
at the next level. I don't see that right now. Can he impact the team like Kyler Murray did in his rookie year? Cardinals are 5-10-1. And, and they were competitive in a hell of a lot of game, hell of a lot more games than the ones they won. Believe that. Kyler Murray was number one overall. People thought they maybe win two, three games. They won five, tied one, lost ten. But in a lot of those ten, they were competitive in those games. His play, his energy, his vibe, his skill set got them over the small hump. And that team's only going to improve once they get better players. Kyler Murray was sat more than anybody in the league tied with Matt Ryan. So they can only get better. They just got to get players. Can Joe Burrow have that impact on the Cincinnati Bengals? And he got players. They're trying to re-sign A.J. Green. He'll have Joe Mixon, who's very underrated at running back. They'll get a lineman back that they drafted in this past year's draft, Jonah Williams. He'll have something to work with offensively. He'll get just about as much as Kyler Murray had. Can he have that impact on that team? I don't know because I think Kyler Murray's better. I don't think Joe Burrow is the next stud star quarterback in the NFL. He'll be in the NFL, but I don't see superstar like that. I'm sorry. All right, ladies and gentlemen, I got a special guest on with me today. Uh <clears throat> USA Today's NFL writer for for the win, Stephen Ruiz. How you doing, man? I'm good. How are you? I'm I'm, I'm quite all right, man. It's uh it's a you know it's a bittersweet moment because we got the Super Bowl. It's a great matchup, right? But then at the same time, football season is over. I know we only got we only got one more game, and then it's draft season. I'm not a I'm not a huge fan of draft season. It's it's too much like speculation stuff, but at least we got one more game left, and it's a good it, game. It, it's a, it's it's a great game, uh, a great matchup. I think you got the high flying offense in Kansas City with the best quarterback in the game, Pat Mahomes. Then you got the the ground and pound San Francisco 49ers with the ferocious uh, front seven. Real quick, who do you got uh, taking home the Lombardi Trophy? Uh, I'm gonna take the Chiefs. I just don't – even as good as the 49ers' defense is, I don't see any defense slowing down what they're doing right now. Now that they have everyone healthy, Mahomes can run, so you can't really play man against them. You got Tyreek Kill. I don't know how anyone slows down this offense. Right, right. I'm, I'm, I feel the exact same way. Um, it, it's just hard to picture with, with how hot they are right now. Now, it's not impossible, but it's hard to picture, especially if you can't get any uh, type of pressure on uh, Pat Mahomes, so that we uh, do agree about. We also agree uh, on a lot of things when it comes to uh, breakout performer this year at the quarterback position, Lamar Jackson, but before we get into that, just tell my listeners just a little bit about yourself, your credentials, and what have you. Uh, I'm a writer for USA Today. I've been a writer for, I think, five years now, been covering the NFL, kind of been trying to like teach myself X's and O's. I didn't, I, I played football in high school, but I didn't play at the next right. level. So I, I never was exposed to like high level coaching. So like right, the last right. couple of years, I've just been spending 
you know, reading playbooks, watching clinic videos and doing yeah. all that, trying to fill in the gaps. And that's the part uh, that, that I noticed about you, because I don't feel like for one to have a deep insight and intellect about the game of football, you didn't have to play in the NFL. You, you know, I, I, my, I didn't play in the NFL. I played in high school like you. Right. Then I went to go on and play uh, college in Division two. But there's a lot of film involved. And it seems like you you've taught yourself or you're teaching yourself to actually break down the film and, and you're knowing what you're looking for. Uh, sometimes a lot of guys, we they'll watch the game on TV and think that we see everything from every position with the naked eye. But in the last article you wrote uh, on, on January 14th, breaking down Lamar Jackson, it, it shows that he actually – now, don't get me wrong. He didn't play his best game by far. That was one of his not-so-good games. Right. But if if you really break it down, it, it wasn't a lot for him to work with. And and, and I liked, uh, for example, you, you said uh, how on one play, the two outside receivers were both running nine routes. That's a go route for those who don't know. But they had the option to break it for a deep comeback. Right. Uh, and and uh, one of those receivers, Marquise Brown, broke his route off a little too late. Lamar Jackson threw the ball and it appeared to be an inaccurate pass. So just talk about that a little a little bit about uh, Lamar Jackson, this particular game, because this is let's be honest, this is the game that if you doubted Lamar Jackson, <laughs> you were waiting for this game right, right here. You was waiting for it, right? So just talk about that article a little bit and what you saw in the film. Right. I agree with you that it wasn't – it obviously wasn't his best game. I would say it's maybe one of his worst games, but he's the MVP, so that's, like, all relative, like, compared to other quarterbacks who had bad seasons. But right. I think a lot of the people that were waiting for this game, like you said, the haters, the doubters were waiting for this, kind of propped it up and used it as, like, proof that if you can take away the run game, then Lamar isn't a top quarterback. And I just didn't see that when I watched the film. Like, he was forced to do just typical drop-back passing, the kind of passing you see Drew Brees, Tom Brady, those type of quarterbacks do. And I thought he played well, especially in the mental part of the game. He did miss a few throws, which, I mean, I think accuracy is always going to be a concern with Lamar. But he does not get enough credit for what he does with his mind, like how he can read defenses, how he can go from one – his first read to the next read to the next one in a timely manner, which is very important for quarterbacks. I do think he yes. stayed – stand to be a little more accurate but his accuracy is not at the point where like it's going to limit him from being a great player like someone like i don't know uh, like josh allen for instance who well, well well people are acting like after this loss to tennessee in which derrick henry almost ran for 200 yards <laughs> right. so that that that's a whole nother thing they're acting as if they're watching tim tebow play the quarterback position and, and that's what they want to make it seem Right, and if you watch the tape of that Titans game, it's nothing like any of those quarterbacks. Like I would even like say, like a Colin Kaepernick, who was a, a very good quarterback, Pro Bowl quarterback. He he was never at what Lamar the level Lamar is at right now. Like Michael Vick right. was never at this level as a passer. He's a really good passer. When even if you take away the running stuff, and like you can you can do this. Look at the uh, the stat splits and take away the play action stuff, the out of pocket stuff, and he's still a top five passer in terms of efficiency. Like. Any way you split it, he's a, he's one of the best passers in the league. And I any way, 
Go ahead. And I think I think people just aren't used to seeing a quarterback look like him. And like that goes into the race thing and it also goes into his playing style, like how he runs. And like he I mean, I don't think he does look like a prototypical quarterback when he does throw the ball. I don't think he has mechanical issues by any means, but it just doesn't look the same as other quarterbacks. But yeah, he I mean he he's got, you know, he's got the little sidearm thing right. that he kind of he kind of mixed that up a little bit. And just going back to what you were saying about not looking like the prototypical quarterback, aside from the fact that he's a young uh, black quarterback, sure. right? He got, you know, he got that different swag. Mm-hmm. So he a Flor- Flor- Florida boy, right? I- I'm, fr- I'm from Georgia, so we, we kind of like, we cuz like Florida <laughs> and Georgia people is cousins, right? So he got the swag. You see him every game, after every game, he iced out. Well, Hollywood Brown, right. who another Florida boy, and they just two young, humble kids. Who he, He's young, he's humble, but he's confident at the same time. Very respectful uh, to the game and his peers as well. But he going to kill them, though. <laughs> <laughs> I, and I think, yeah, I definitely think that goes into it. Like, people will bring up other black quarterbacks that were drafted highly or, or highly thought of, like Russell Wilson, for instance. But, I mean, the way they present themselves – are different like Russell Wilson is I feel like his personality is very like you know it's like contrived like he he probably has a publicist he probably like goes to classes to like present himself in commercials and Lamar Jackson I feel like is himself and if you read quotes from other players like I think there was a quote in Sports Illustrated it was from Dante Fowler who was like like Lamar reminds us of guys that we knew that didn't make it like that didn't get the chance to make it but he got the chance because he was so good and he reminds us Reminds us of, of those people, those people that we were friends with when we were younger. So I think he's a right, special right. player for other black players in the NFL, too. Yeah, and he's, uh, you know, he, I think what Dante Fowler said hit it right on the head. I mean, you, you're you not going to see a quarterback with braids hanging out his head. The last time we seen that was Michael Vick, right? Right. And that was another guy. But like you said, his passing ability is beyond that. I Honestly, I don't even love the comparisons to Michael Vick. Who is one of who is still one of my top five favorite players of all time, um, but I don't love the comparison there because it's two different offenses, mm-hmm. and just like you said, the passing talent is uh, he he's beyond that at this point in his career. While Lamar Jackson has yet to get a playoff win, right? John Harbaugh put it in great perspective, right? He's 23. He doesn't yet know what it's like to not be in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I don't think that's going to change. Now, he'll have he's going to have some issues down the road with, with this guy, Pat Mahomes, uh, maybe Deshaun Watson when they get a better team. But, you know, he's he's a better passer than what people uh, want to give him credit for. I was watching that that divisional round game. With, with some friends and every incomplete pass that he threw, right? There was some there was some comment or some criticism. I'm like, we don't make these comments and criticisms about every quarterback every time they throw an incomplete pass. It, and it's like you said, they don't want to see a quarterback win like this, look like this. But man, this this is fun as hell to watch. <laughs> right. I think the same thing happened during Cam's MVP season. Like he was getting criticism. People were still saying like, yeah, but when, what's going to happen when defenses figure him out or what's going to happen when 
he can't run anymore. And they he got the same complaints about dancing and like after touchdowns and how what he wore after games. It's right. people are going to find ways to nitpick things that they're not used to seeing, and that happens. We there's a old, a lot of old white men in the media, so those are the people that are writing these stories. Like I know I'm in it. Like I, I I'm working right, with right, these right. people, and yeah. So you're just going to have to deal with that. And I think it like this. Those are the people we listen to when we when we watch like sports media. Like even people that are your friends that might be more inclined to accept a quarterback like Lamar Jackson, they still. You know, they watch ESPN and they get that stuff like just put into their brain. So they're conditioned to say this, have the same criticism as those other guys. Like when I saw Lamar, like when I watched the game live on TV, I thought I was like, oh, yeah, he's missing a lot of throws. This is not great. But then you watch it on film and you see the miscommunications between him and Hollywood Brown. And, and it happened with Brown at least two or three times. I think he had like five miscommunications that game. So that just makes it look worse. It makes it look like an accurate throw when really it was just Lamar expecting the receiver to do another thing. Right. Now let's talk. Let's get into the Ravens receivers real quick. And uh, until this point, I haven't even uttered some of these words or even brought this up for that matter. Right. So with Tom Brady, an all-time great quarterback uh, who's throughout his 20 years has been known to do more with less right? Deion Branch, Troy Brown, David Givens, to name a few. Right. He sprinkled in some, he's sprinkled in some other greats along the way with Rob Gronkowski, Randy Moss. Um, this year though, the Patriots offense uh, <clears throat> went, went to, went to hell. And now it's, he needs more help. However, and, and that's fine. I agree. But Tom Brady kind of made his name on getting it done with those type of receivers. I never heard anybody talk about Lamar Jackson's receivers because, <clears throat> if I'm not mistaken, Willie Sneed and Seth Roberts, right, were number three receivers for the Saints and the Raiders, respectively, prior to arriving with the Baltimore Ravens. But you never hear that, though. Right, and then – his best receiver is still a rookie, like I said, and they have these uh, communication issues, which is what happens with rookies. So even his his only like skilled receiver that other teams I think would want, even he has limitations as a rookie. And Seth Roberts dropped that one touchdown pass that I think would have changed the game. At it was, I think oh, it was in the man, first quarter. That was a great throw. Willie Sneed was that was one of the worst games I ever seen from a receiver. Like not even just like catching the ball. Because he did have one drop on third down, I believe. But he just blocking, like he had no interest in blocking. The tight ends weren't blocking well. The offensive line wasn't blocking well. Like the only person that I think played well, I think you could put Mark Andrews in there. I think you can put Hollywood Brown in there. And then Lamar Jackson was the best player on the field. You just couldn't tell because the other 10 guys were letting him down more often than not. Right. And 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 again, let's and to go back to Derrick Henry, you saw what the Chiefs were able to do. If you can't, you're not going to be able to stop him. You got to maintain him. The Chiefs were able to hold him 19 carries for 69 yards. Um, if I, I feel like if the Ravens could have just held him to 100 yards, they 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 would have been able to <clears throat> come away with the victory or at least had a much better shot. So that didn't help him either. And at the end of the day, right, Lamar Jackson probably put up a lot of empty stats. But on a bad day, if you're gaining 500 total yards, <laughs> I would say that your future it looks pretty damn good. 
how do you see Lamar Jackson? Uh, how do you see him evolving going into the next season? Every year we've seen him, he's gotten better as a passer, and I expect that to continue because he's only 23. Like, even when he, he won the Heisman, he was better that next year. It did, the stats didn't really necessarily show that, but I think he was better as Correct. a passer. He was better as a passer last year. Last year, like, if I wanted to simplify quarterback play, I would put it into two categories. You got to be able to find open receivers and know how to find open receivers when your first receiver's covered, your first read's covered. You got to go to your second and stuff like that, read the defense. And then you got to be able to pass, get the ball to the receiver. I think in that first year, if you watch his film, you could tell that he knew he had that first part down where he knew how to find open receivers. His problem was actually getting the ball to the guy and throwing accurately. This year, I think that problem, it's still a little bit of a problem, but he he solved most of it. Like he he was a mostly an accurate quarterback. If he takes another step forward in terms of accuracy next year, I I really don't know how defenses defend him, especially if they get if they get a number one receiver, like a true number one receiver. I don't know how you defend that offense. In, in saying that, I, I would tell people the whole year, I, I said, the way this guy plays, they're never going to have to spend money on offense as long as you have him. Right. So if you could get uh, just one guy, one decent receiver, and, and I think Hollywood Brown could turn into that, He's still a rookie, uh, a little small, but, you know, We'll see. Um, I saw a lot of great passes this season. Um, I, I don't see them. I, I don't see that game versus the Titans as oh, this is what this is how we're gonna do it versus Lamar. Um, well, how about defense try to stop a guy from running for two hundred <laughs> yards on you because you shouldn't be losing a game when the quarterback throws for eighty-two yards. You could tell that to the Green Bay Packers too, because this guy Mostert just did pretty. They pretty the Niners did pretty much the same thing, except they gave him a worse beatdown, you know. <laughs> so if you stop the run game right on the other side, then that that puts your guy Lamar on the field just the uh, just a little bit more. Um, I got a question for you here: Do you play fantasy football? I do. You, how'd you do this year in your leagues? Uh, I lost in the game before the championship. Okay, was you able to was you able to snag the Lamar Jackson or nah? Nah, quarterback was a problem for me all year. I had Cam Newton, and then obviously he got ah. hurt, so I was just struggling. Like I had Tom Brady too, and he he was washed up, so it was a struggle. But I had Derrick Henry and uh, Christian McCaffrey, so they they carried me. Oh, whew. yeah, good good luck getting that combo <laughs> in in twenty twenty. Right. Uh, let the uh, so uh, let the listeners know uh, where you're from, uh, where you reside, and how they could find you on social media. Yeah, I live in uh, Washington D.C. I lived here my whole life, and you can find me on Twitter at the Stephen, and that's Stephen with a V, S T E V E N Ruiz R U I Z. Okay, no, no, uh, no Instagram. No, I'm not. On, I'm not on Instagram. <laughs> Okay, okay. I'm 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 a, I'm a little more active uh, on my Instagram. I, I'm trying to get my Twitter going a little bit. You know, we'll we'll see how it goes, man. Uh, hey, man, I appreciate your insight. We uh we definitely will do this again, and and I appreciate how you tackle just getting that. You know, so uh, I appreciate you coming on.
Um, I'm with you on the Chiefs. Folks, this is Steven Ruitz from USA Today's For the Win. Checking out. Steve Ruiz, good guy, man. Uh, I saw him write an article, and I, I thought it was great. So hope, hopefully uh, me and him could uh, collaborate more on in the future. Now let's get on to one of the biggest stories in football. Uh, New York Giant great Eli Manning will announce his retirement at some point today on January 24, 2020. Now, it, now in the in the big question is is Eli Manning a Hall of Famer? Uh, before I get to that, I'll say this, man. I love me some Eli. I was still living in Atlanta when the the Giants beat the eighteen and O Patriots, you know, and I was kind of wanting the Patriots to win because I wanted to see some history. But then you see that throw that Eli made, and it was kind of, he just kind of threw it. David Tyree made a crazy-ass catch, right? But anyway, I ended up moving to North Jersey later that year in 2008. And then, you know, it's a, it's a bunch of Giants fans right here, you know, da-da-da-da-da. And a lot of, I've, I've heard my mixed share of feelings on Eli as far as Giants fans are concerned, some complained about him the whole time, and some was genuinely grateful for him helping the team bring him some Super Bowls. But I just like the fact that he, everybody used to make fun of his little Eli face, but I thought that was the greatest, one of the greatest things of football was the, was the Eli face, right? Uh, so I became a fan of him and his, uh, just just a gutsy player, man. 210 consecutive starts, and that, that starting streak should have went even more. I, I still can't believe that they messed up the streak for goddamn Geno Smith. Like, come on. It still kind of irks me. But what made me like Eli even more was the fact that, that coaches, coach, I think it was, uh, uh, I, I, can't, I, I got a brain fart right now. But it was like, all right, Eli, we'll let you start. Then you come out, Eli said, nah, man, if I ain't going to start the game and play for real, I don't even want it like that. That's the kind of stuff that makes you appreciate Eli. And even now, he's like, I don't want no backup role, dog. I'd rather retire. Dude came in the league like a boss. Said, I don't want to play for no Chargers. You got Drew Brees. I'm good. Even though that's why they never, they never said why he didn't want to get drafted by the Chargers, but... They did have Drew Brees. But just, like, he just the the ultimate competitor. And now the biggest question is, and it will be for the next several years, is should Eli Manning get into the Hall of Fame? Here's what works for him. The two Super Bowl rings, obviously, and who they're against. Tom Brady, Bill Belichick, and the Patriots. Two times. What also helps him. He made two th- two historic Super Bowl throws. In each one in each game. Right. That helps him. He, he finishes his career seventh all time. In passing yardage. And passing touchdowns. That also helps him. What goes against him. Is his 500 record. 
as a starter in the regular season, 117 wins, 117 losses. And we all know that is very Eli Manning, <laughs> to say the least. Um, whether or not he should be in the Hall of Fame or not, I got to make sure I got to take the the fandom part of it because I'm an Eli fan. So I got to be real with it. I, I got to be real with myself when when uh when doing that. I read an article on nfl.com. A lot of great players, some guys that played in the NFL, some Hall of Fame players had an opinion on whether he should or will get in and there was a lot of, you know, mixed opinions about that. This is what I feel. Uh this is what I feel about it. So first He's seventh all-time in passing yards and touchdown passes. Before he's even eligible to be considered for the Pro Football Hall of Fame, he will be passed in both of those categories by Ben Roethlisberger, Matt Ryan, and Aaron Rodgers. Because all those guys got a few years left. He's currently 12th all-time in interceptions. No one's passing him in that except possibly Drew Brees. So he's going to get passed in the yards and the touchdowns, but he's not going to get passed for 12 for a long time in interceptions, which he has 244 of those in his career. Eli's completed 60% of his passes in his career. That's okay. 84 quarterback rating. That's okay, too, especially when more than half of his career was in this high-flying passing era. You kind of want to see a little higher rating than that. He averaged almost 235 yards in playoff games because if if you're going to, a lot of people that's for him getting into the Hall of Fame, they'll point to his postseason runs. Well, he's averaged almost 235 passing yards a game. 87 quarterback rating, which that's okay, but it's not crazy. And then he's got 18 touchdowns versus nine picks. Again, that's not that's not crazy. I I think, and and I think you kind of know where I'm swaying with this. I I don't. I feel like he probably will get in. Clearly, it won't be first ballot, but he'll probably get in. I don't feel like he should, as much as I'm a fan of him. I don't feel like he should. The Pro Football Hall of Fame is, that's an individual award. People are talking about Super Bowls. That's a team award. When you win the Super Bowl, everybody get a ring. When you make the Hall of Fame, your whole team don't come with you. You get your own bust. Your own little head statue. Those things. That's an individual honor. And 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 I was reading that article from NFL.com. And one Deion Sanders said. He didn't know what the Hall of Fame was anymore. It used to be. You was a prime player at that position. You helped change the game. And you dominated. Have you ever been able to say that for Eli Manning? Was he ever truly 
dominant in this game? Like, like, did he take over the games like a Tom Brady or a Peyton Manning or a Drew Brees? Did he or a Joe Montana? Did he do that? Did he change the game with his play? Was he ever considered a top five at his position? Ask yourself that question for this individual award. And I don't think you can say yes. To, I just don't think you can say yes to that. You could point to the rings. Did he really mean to throw that accurate of a throw to David Tyree? Or did David Tyree just make an unbelievable catch? The throw to Manningham? Phenomenal throw. But in the first Super Bowl, he broke that sack. I think he was surprised he was still up. He threw that ball in the air and Tyree comes up with a crazy ass catch, man. Should he be in the Hall of Fame for two throws, pretty much? Come like his overall record in the regular season is five hundred. You ever heard of Jim Plunkett? That's another quarterback with the five hundred overall record. And another quarterback that won two Super Bowls, Jim Plunkett. 80s Raiders. Yeah. Kenny Stabler. He's in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, sure. They waited till he passed away. And they let him in in 2016. That's after a Super Bowl championship and multiple All-Pro selections, which Eli has none. Of all quarterbacks in the Pro Football Hall of Fame currently, of all of them, only one of them has not earned an all-pro selection, and that's Troy Aikman, who has three Super Bowls, and he went to the Pro Bowl six straight times. Eli has never been to the pro, uh, never been selected for an all-pro team. Best of the best. He has four Pro Bowls in 16 years and a 500 record. That's what goes against them. So you could say the rings, but that's a team accomplishment. The Hall of Fame is an individual accomplishment. And it really just comes down to this. Did he dominate his position on the regular? When you think about Eli, do you think of dominance? When you think of Eli, do you think about changing the game? Did people game plan to try to stop Eli, nah, the Giants, Spagnolo, he game plan to get after Tom Brady. That worked. It sounds like I'm taking stuff away from Eli, but I don't want to do that. But I just got to keep it real, man. Nah, I just had to keep it real. Eli Manning will probably get in because of the rings, because of the Manning name. But should he? Not so sure about that. I mean, hell. Let, let's just be honest. Imagine being his parents, Archie. And uh, I don't know what Archie's wife's name is, but you got two sons who got two Super Bowl rings each in one household. And they combined to make $500 million together in this league. That's a pretty damn good accomplishment. But Hall of Fame... I think not. 
Next, I got my boy Bill Enright checking in. All right, people. Uh, <clears throat> this guest I have on right now is a little different than the rest of the guests that I've had in the past. See, me and this young man here, we go back. Uh, we done been in the same room together plenty of times. Well, I should say the same field plenty of times. We came, we, uh, came up together in the flat football ranks. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, Sports Illustrated fantasy football analyst Bill Enright. What's going on, baby? Yeah, I was a little concerned where you were going with we came up together. This guy's a little different. I thought you were going to say this is the first bald guy I've had on the show. I'm glad, <laughs> I'm glad you went with the flag football. Yeah, that's right. I, I don't had I don't had a couple of baldies on here, so All right. uh, Good. you <laughs> you would be the first of that. Um. You you also the past few years, if I'm not mistaken, top ten as far as accuracy on the uh, fantasy pros, uh, fantasy football rankings. Correct me if I'm wrong. Maybe you was top five. Uh, I was third in 2016, uh, ninth in 2017, and then five in 2018. And okay. uh, I'm very proud of that. It's something I, I um, definitely, from a professional standpoint, is one of my my proudest moments because. Um, it's, it's against the best in the business. Um, that's right. And if you want to be the best, you have to beat the best. And I've certainly done that the last three years. Um, and I'm, I'm definitely honored that fantasy pros has recognized my accuracy talents. Yes, indeed. Uh, 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 several top 10 finishes with a couple of top fives in there amongst like what? 140, like you said, uh, the best of the best. Uh, I can't wait to, to join y'all. Next season, it'll be fun. Just real quick, Bill, uh, tell my listeners just a, a little bit about yourself and what you do and how you coming up in the fantasy football game because you certainly are coming up in the game. Yeah, so um, I started this fantasy football website, ffchamps.com, back in 2010, 2011. I then – it was a subscription-based company, and we, we – offered a lot of different tools, a lot of different rankings. And what we found was we, we really wanted to help people on a, on a one-to-one personal level. So we created this kind of one-to-one chat room where our members could speak with our analysts at any time and um, basically offer advice on, on a one-on-one level because everyone has a different fantasy roster. And when you're doing these stardom sit articles or these waiver articles – it appeals to the masses, but at the same point, people don't know who to drop. Every every league scoring system is different. So uh, we wanted to cater kind of like a concierge service for fantasy football. I sold that website in 2018 by a company that was previously known as Scout and then became full-time fantasy. That company then got bought by the same company that bought Sports Illustrated, and that's where I find myself these days. I do a, a fantasy football show with Jim Cramer, CNBC's Mad Money, uh, every Tuesday and Thursday. I'll be going down to the Super Bowl in Miami next week for for, for Sports Illustrated. So very, very busy time of year. Yes, it's very busy, very, very exciting time for you as well. Um, and we're going to get to the Super Bowl in, in just a second. But for my fantasy football heads out there just real quick from from a top guy like yourself because that's certainly what I consider you well, thank um, you. You, you you've also uh given me plenty of advice as I put my foot into this game um in 2019 
Give me your uh, biggest hit and your biggest bust from this past season. Uh, I, I put Sammy Watkins on my bust list every single year, and every single year <laughs> he proves to me like I'm a genius because, you know, he all went off. He went off in that week one game, three touchdowns and whatever it was, 180 yards, and everyone is is crying after week one. Bill, you're so wrong. How could you put Watkins on the bust <laughs> list? You're, you're an idiot. Meanwhile, he didn't score another touchdown. For the rest, this, for the to, rest of the regular this, season, yeah, you know, that's it. <laughs> he so. he just he just scored th- this past game versus the Titans, right? That was his first touchdown since then. Yes, and I always look like a genius every year putting Sammy Watkins on my bus list. So I'm always grateful um, for that for sure. And then my sleeper of the year, I, I had a few of them. Uh, I I kind of was all over Chris Godwin even in like late July, early August almost to the point where by the end of, you know, by the end of August, early September, he was no longer a value play. Um, right. I, I, you know, if you start off the year drafting early, you got Chris Godwin in the sixth or seventh round. But by the time late August, early September rolled around, he was going in early third, mid third round. But I, I'm still going to stake my claim with Chris Godwin because I was all over him as soon as, you know, Deshaun Jackson and Adam Humphreys left last off season and then they hired Bruce Arians. So I'm going to go with Chris Godwin as my, my top breakout, um, my, my top pick that really um, panned out in a big way. Right. You was definitely on that uh, heavy. I remember that. And then Bruce Arians came out and said, well, this guy could catch 100 passes in this offense. And, you know, he put up big numbers. He missed the end of the season. Still ended inside the what top three or four receivers PPR. Yeah, so, eighty six catches, thirteen hundred yards, nine touchdowns. He was incredible. So, so he probably would have had that hundred catches if we're not missing the last few games um, of the of the regular season. Uh, so that that's that's good stuff right there. So you said you're going, you'll be in the Super Bowl for Miami. It'll be crazy. Uh, you you got to a phenomenal matchup here. And I said this to my followers on Instagram the other day. I said the Kansas City Chiefs and the 49ers are 100% the two teams that should be here. You get to this time of the year, you win these playoff games, multiple games in a row, then you're where you're supposed to be. Uh, And we got a great matchup of high-flying offense, best quarterback in the game. Patrick Mahomes, then you got the ground and pound, play defense, 49ers. How do you see this Super Bowl matchup uh, <clears throat> shaking out? I think it's a it's a tale of uh, two different kind of teams. You got an unstoppable force with the Kansas City Chiefs and an immovable object with the San Francisco 49ers defense, which, which like you said, has just been incredible. You know, just 10 points against the Vikings. I mean, they gave up 20 against the Packers, but they really shut them down throughout that entire yeah. game. They do not let teams run the football against them. Dalvin Cook, who was one of the top fantasy running backs, had just 18 yards against them in in the divisional round. I mean, I don't think people talk about that enough. Aaron Jones, another top 10 running back in fantasy football, had just 56 yards against this 49ers defense. So it's going to be interesting to see uh, what uh, Andy Reid can do with Damian Williams and I do think it is Damian Williams. You know, LaShawn McCoy at this point has been. Yeah, he, he, has, he, he hasn't played. Hasn't played at all. So it'll be interesting to see what 
Andy Reid can do with Damian Williams in the passing attack, because I think that's where the 49ers can have an advantage. Now, Quan Alexander is one of the fastest linebackers in the league. And yes, we'll sir. See, we'll see what he can do in pass coverage. But I do think Reed and, and Mahomes will get creative with how they use their running backs. Or if we see Tyreek Hill coming out of the backfield in the Super Bowl. So it would be certainly something interesting to watch. And I'm really looking forward to this matchup. I agree with you. I think it's two of the best teams. Uh, I, a lot of people can make the argument that they're shocked not the Ravens did not make it. Yeah. But at the same time, I mean, the Titans look great against the Ravens. And yeah. So, so that that was really, really cool to see. Hey, I, 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 I mean, I, I wanted the Ravens to make it clearly because Lamar Jackson is the quarterback there. Um, but, I mean, I, even before the playoffs started, I felt like the team that could beat the, uh, the Baltimore Ravens was the Kansas City Chiefs. So that team's now in the Super Bowl. And just to go back to what you were saying uh, with the Chiefs running game, they're not a great running team to begin with. So I figure what you could possibly see is uh, them using their backs on, on short screens and trying to get them the ball other ways near the line of scrimmage. Because like you said, I can't, we can't see them just running through the 49ers defense in, in that front seven. So it'll, it'll be interesting. Now, what are we going to get? at a Jimmy G versus a Kansas City defense that's not great, but it's played a hell of a lot better the past, what, five, six, seven weeks? They they have been a lot better, and I think that's because their pass rush has gotten a lot better. Anytime you can get after the quarterback in a very efficient way, that will certainly limit what a quarterback can do. Now, you mentioned the last couple of weeks, um, Jimmy Garoppolo, <laughs> I mean, he threw the ball eight times. <laughs> he threw the ball eight <laughs> times last week. I mean – I don't know what to expect from him <laughs> if Kyle Shanahan has a running back like Raheem Mostert that can run for 220 yards. Well, you don't have to pass more than eight times to put yeah, exactly. 37 I mean, look, points. I, I mean, look at how look at how the Titans won their two <laughs> playoff games. Tannehill didn't have more than 90 passing yards in both of their playoff wins. Right. So I, I, I guess the formula is, hey, if you don't pass for 90 yards, we're going to win the game. Now, we're going to. The the, un, the uneducated fan will look and say, okay, well, you know, Patrick Mahomes can just drive the drive teams, drive their offense down the field. So even if Mostert does rush for um, you know, 220 yards, no, it's never been done before in a conference championship game. So I'm not expecting that level of success. But we do know the 49ers have an incredible rushing attack. But I think yes. people would be foolish to say, oh, well, Patrick Mahomes can just take the Chiefs down the field like he did against the Texans when he was down 24 or when he did against the Titans when he was down 10. The 49ers defense, it, it, they're not built to let teams march down the field in a way that the Chiefs have been doing. So if the Chiefs, Certainly not. If the Chiefs get down early, that's going to be a problem for them. Did you, you guys hear that? So, like, listen, this is Pat Mahomes, unquestionably the best quarterback in pro football, Right, but if they get down anywhere close to 24 to the Niners, that's curtains. This is not the Houston Texans defense you're dealing with here, right? And it's and it's not the Atlanta Falcons from the 2018 or the 2017 Super Bowl either. <laughs> yeah, either. Sorry, I mean I know you're a Fal- I know you're a Falcons fan, and that might hurt a little bit. But fact is, Kyle Shanahan was the offensive coordinator on that team. Uh, they chose to pass instead of run the ball in the game late. I don't think that'll happen again. You know what I told somebody, some uh, one of my boys, 
who's also a Falcons fan, he from down in Atlanta, he goes, uh, this damn Shanahan made it to the Super Bowl again. I said, I said, don't worry, man. He's going to get there, and with all this running he's doing, he's going to pass when he's supposed to run. And then they're going to get another chance, and then D Ford's going to line up all sides again. <laughs> That's what I said is going to happen. Well, I, I think it's an interesting narrative with the D Ford. You know, he used to play for the Chiefs, and Andy Reid traded them to the Niners. I, I think that's certainly interesting. Um, I, I do think that both of these defenses have, have a lot of swagger. Uh, we, we saw Chris Jones last week after the game talking yeah. talking some trash about Chris uh, Derrick Henry. We saw Richard Sherman going back and forth with, with Darrell Revis. So I, I do yeah. think these defenses have a lot of swagger. And if you're looking at the offenses, I mean, Mahomes might be, other than Lamar Jackson, who has more swag than, than Mahomes? Now, Jimmy G's uh, a kind of a different kind of quarterback. Um, yeah, yeah, he he the pretty boy court. He, yes. he the yeah he he like he he like the movie quarterback type. Yes, he is, and I I saw a quote from one of his high school friends the other day. Is you know Jimmy Garoppolo didn't have a girlfriend; he had all the girlfriends. Oh yeah, yeah, that, that that's Johnny Moxon right there in real life. Oh, a little um, blue varsity, a varsity blues reference. I love yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, uh, but yeah, definitely. Uh, Patty, Patty Mahomes, he, he, his swag is on tilt, and it, and it shows in his play. It shows the way his teammates believe in him. Like he, like he runs this team. He's in control of the offense, and, and it's just uh, at the end of the day. And I'm gonna ask you this as well. At the end of the day, I'm gonna go with the Kansas City Chiefs, right? Kansas City Chiefs, 31-21. 31-21. I'm not good at math, but what is that, about 52 points? So maybe two? 52. Two shot. And I, but two points shy I th- of the over? Yeah, I think it's 53-5 right now, yeah. the last time I checked. All right, so I, I think Mahomes, who had an incredible 2018 season, and uh, you know, unprecedented with a, a second-year player throwing for 50 touchdowns, 5,000 yards. Um, he, the injury that he suffered against the Denver Broncos when he dislocated his kneecap, he had, he had an ankle injury earlier, earlier in the season. I think for some reason, and the, the last team they lost to was the Tennessee Titans in the regular season back in week 10. They, they haven't lost a game since. I think for some reason, people were sleeping on the Chiefs heading into the playoffs. Holmes was getting healthy. He's now back to uh, 100%. He looks incredible. He looks like that 2018 MVP candidate. I agree that the Chiefs are going to win this game. I think that their offense will have that explosion early in the game that will not let them fall behind. I think the Niners will put up a great fight. I'm interested to see that if the Chiefs do get out to a lead, at what point will Kyle Shanahan abandon the run game, let Jimmy Garoppolo and George Kittle try to beat the Chiefs' defense if they're able to do that, the Niners will win. But I, I, I do think the Chiefs will go out to an early lead and, and just kind of just put the pedal to the metal and come out victorious and, and the winners of Super Bowl 54. Now, um, I, I will say this in, in, in picking my Kansas City Chiefs 31-21 over the 49ers. I think that Jimmy G is going to throw for a hell of a lot more than 77 yards because I think he's going to have to. Yeah. Now, but- whether – whether that comes with a couple of turnovers remains to be seen. But 
we did see him recently go into New Orleans and, and pull it out in a shootout 48-46 to 46 over the Saints, which was an important game for their seeding in the playoffs. So it's in there somewhere in his system. We just don't see it a lot. But it's in there, and he's going to have to do it. And, and people forget. I mean, I don't know if people forget, but Jimmy Garoppolo has two Super Bowl rings. I mean, he, he, wasn't, yeah. he wasn't the starter. You know, he wasn't the starter. He was, he was playing, <laughs> he playing behind Tom Brady. But he's been there before. And I think that kind of experience, even though he wasn't on the field, that kind of experience of dealing with what the Super Bowl is, the spectacle, the circus of the Super Bowl, and, and the week that you're down and wherever it is that sure is in Miami, um, that will come into play. Now, Andy Reid's been there once before. Kyle Shanahan has been there as an, uh, as an assistant coach. Um, Richard, Sherman, right. Richard Sherman's been there for the Niners, but – if you look at these rosters, there's not a lot of Super Bowl experience. Yeah. Jimmy G having two years of Super Bowl experience, that, that could come into play for sure. Yeah, yeah, I mean he's he's been in there where you had to have that certain mindset, the preparation is as well. So it'll definitely be uh I'm excited for this matchup and it's just it's the only thing that's bittersweet about it is that it means football season is officially over, but that's why we gotta enjoy it. Enjoy it. Uh, what I'm gonna do before we go, I'm gonna shift back to fantasy real quick. Awesome. And I'm just and I'm just gonna ask you for 2020. I'm gonna give you two guys, either either or. I'll say two names, and you pick the guy your your uh, that you choose in the 2020 draft first. Okay. All right. So the first will start off with some receivers. I got a DK Metcalf or Debo Samuel. I'll I'll take Debo Samuel. Um, Emmanuel Sanders coming at the end of his contract. I like what I saw out of Samuel um, towards the end of the season when he really started to get a bigger role in this 49ers offense. Um, So uh, Metcalf will still have to compete with Tyler Lockett. Yeah, Samuel's competing with George Kittle, but I I like Samuel's presence, especially his – playmaking ability in the open field, whereas Metcalf is just more of a deep flyer. And even though he's big um, yeah. in the open field, he's not as elusive. Sure. He has that four, three speed, but Samuel makes guys miss. And I always like that with my receivers. And he gets the ball in plenty of different ways. All right. Uh, Calvin Ridley or Juju Smith Schuster. I'm, I'm big bounce back here for Juju Smith Schuster. I never call a player a bust when he's injured or his quarterback is injured. But Sam, uh, Juju just had a, a really down year. Uh, Ridley got banged up too. But from a talent perspective, I think Juju Smith-Schuster is a top five talent in the league at their wide receiver position. Yeah, yeah, can't argue that. Uh, let's let's shift to a couple of running backs now. Uh, Joe Mixon or Aaron Jones? I, I liked what I saw from Joe Mixon in the second half of the year. He obviously started off really slow. Aaron Jones was just a touchdown monster this year. That'll be hard. Yes. To re- that'll be hard to replicate. Um, his his efficiency getting into the end zone is likely to regress a little bit in twenty twenty. So I'll take Mixon there. Okay. Now now this one is, is going to be uh this one's wild because prior to the season uh, a lot of guys went with the first name right and this is David Montgomery or Josh Jacobs. Well, Josh Jacobs is going to end up in my top eight for the running back position. He has no competition there. Uh, he did it all for the Raiders in terms of first and second down, started getting the ball a little bit more in passing down situations, which 
was kind of lacking early on. They, they were using Dwayne Washington a lot um, until Jacobs got injured. Um, but I could see Jacobs being more of a passing down back in 2020 compared to his rookie season. David Montgomery, he's up there too on the bus list because a lot of people thought with Jordan Howard leaving, there were a lot of opportunities for him to take over that lead role. And for whatever reason, Matt Nagy just didn't use him enough. Tariq Cohen yeah. is still involved in the passing attack there too. So, I'm going to end up ranking Josh Jacobs in my top eight for running backs. I think he could be definitely someone like um, a Dalvin Cook where he ends up being a league, a league winner for people in okay. 2020. I like that. Now, now this one is uh, the, the talent gap is, is wide, but the uh, injury history is iffy for one of them. Uh, we got Evan Ingram or Jacob Hollister. Yeah, Jacob Hollister is an interesting one because we don't know the status of uh, of a guy like Will Disley. We don't know if they if they go out and and maybe try to get one of these free agent guys because I do think Russell Wilson likes to utilize the tight end. Now you look at what is going on with Evan Ingram and uh, Jason Garrett coming over. Obviously, he's had tremendous success with Jason Witten as his tight end, and, and he likes to utilize that position. Now Ingram, Again, you said it in the, at the top. He, he's just always banged up. And, and as a Giants fan, that frustrates the hell out of me because they use a first-round pick on him. He, he was a top-four tight end before he got hurt. Yep, he was. And that, that's why, you know, you can't call a player that gets hurt a bust because injuries happen in the NFL. It's a violent game. He's a mismatch all over the field. Um, certainly a speed guy. plays more like a, a bigger wide receiver than a, than a tight end does. So if I had right. to choose between the two, I'll definitely go with Evan Ingram. Uh, I like what I saw out of Jacob Hollister because, again, I think Russell Wilson does like targeting the tight end. But Evan Ingram, um, talent-wise, and, and the way that I think the Giants will use him this year, he, he could certainly be back in that top five conversation for the tight end position, which always is a pain in the neck for fantasy yeah. football players. Yeah, right, right. Because it, it's like Kelsey, Kittle, and then what do I do? Ertz. Yeah, and the last one, we got to end it with a bang. Who you picking first, Lamar Jackson or Patrick Mahomes? Yeah, um, I <laughs> I will not draft either one of them, only because they're probably going in the second or third round, and I just never take my quarterback that early. If you look at where Patrick Mahomes yes. was drafted in 2018, it was after the 15th round. You look at where, yeah. where Lamar Jackson was drafted in 2019, it was after the 15th round, and both of them ended up being – the number one quarterback in fantasy football um, gun to my head. I'd rather have Patrick Mahomes only because I do worry about Lamar Jackson and the rushing and him getting hurt. It's, it's inevitable that running quarterbacks tend to take more hits and more hits equal more injuries. And that concerns me, even though Lamar Jackson was absolutely incredible this season, historic performance. We've never seen a, a running a quarterback put up the kind of rushing stats that he did you know he he, he outperformed what Mike Vick did in, in his best rushing season to go yeah. along with 35 passing touchdowns is just incredible um yeah team season was magical I don't know if that ever happens again yeah and I mean to be honest if he rushes next year uh, around somewhere around 800 900 I think that might actually be good for the Ravens yeah that's still a win and that's still a win for, for you know, Lamar Jackson too yeah, so you know what we'll, we'll see how it goes, but for now, it's it's Pat Mahomes versus Jimmy G, baby. I'm really excited for this game. I'm I'm a huge Patrick Mahomes fan. Uh, I think he is just an incredible athlete. I think he's an incredible quarterback, and I'm really really looking forward to watching this game. Yes, sir, and and not to mention he's a likable dude too. 
Like, is it, like, how can you not root for the kid, man? Exactly. Yes. Um, and and the same thing with Lamar Jackson. I mean, he was, you know, <laughs> it's just crazy to think that back when he was being drafted, people were thinking that he should be playing wide receiver, and and he stays humble. And if you watch his press, Un- you watch his press, unbelievable. Yeah, you watch his press conferences, and it's hard to not root for these guys. Um, and yeah. then you have situations like an Antonio Brown right now where. You're just like Ugh. you're. You're just shaking your head and saying, "How could I have ever rooted for that guy?" Um, let, let, I don't think that's that Mahomes or Jackson have those genes in them. Yeah, no, nah, uh, not at all, man. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, real quick before we go, let my listeners know where they could find you at on social media, your shows, and what have you. Yes, sir. Um, at at Bill Enright, I make it easy on Twitter, and then on uh, my website is is si.com sports illustrated or bullmarketfantasy.com that's where you can watch the live show with uh with jim kramer and i every tuesday and thursday we'll start back start back up probably closer to the to nfl training camp in july all right all right folks it's bill Enright. hey man i appreciate you coming on we will uh definitely do this uh many and more times awesome i'm looking forward to it you're the best all right man enjoy miami thank you i will all right, folks, that concludes today's episode. Thank you again to Steve Ruiz, Bill Enright, for coming on. I will be back on this thing uh, after the new league year hits. Or as you remember, my friends, I appreciate you listening. I appreciate you checking out my content. Lord, don't lose. I'm out.